welcome back to the show. Today I wanted to talk about something that um kind of has been weighing on me for a week. Um, I was on social media and I read something where someone said that they had been successful. They had a job, they moved up, they advanced, and they had a pretty good career. And now they were looking for something to do that was of significance. And um, that was profound to me because as a caregiver, you know what you're doing is an act of love. But in doing it, how does that affect how you feel about yourself? Our jobs in, in this society, we're taught you go to school, you graduate, you go to college, you get that degree, you may get more than one degree, you get that great job, you move up, and you get to a certain level of financial stability. Uh, society says that you've made it if you've got the house, the luxury car, you're living in the right neighborhood, your kids are going to the right schools, you take all the best vacations, you've got good benefits, uh, you have so many material things. This is success. And this is how we measure success. You're wearing a nice clothes. But is that, what are you doing to bring you joy as far as living a life of significance? What are you contributing to society, uh, your community? Because certainly not only a few people can be inspirations to the world. There are certain people who, you know, that is their gift, their blessing, but in our own communities. And so I'm wondering, when you step off that rat race, whether you retire or you have to move and take on that caregiver role, or maybe you're bringing someone in and you're trying to make your life fit around taking care of them. Once you stop, and you're basically being forced to stop when you're caregiving, really. Once you stop reaching for all those things that make us successful in American society's eyes, what then becomes of your life of significance? So that's what I wanted to do, to jump into. I'm going to start off with saying that um, I was I was happy in corporate America. I had a great job. Actually, I had my dream job, and I finally made my dream position. I was making good money. I had disposable income. I could come and go as I want to, and I did, and I took my vacations, and I brought things that were outrageous prices and said, oh, I'll just treat myself, and I enjoyed it, and then one day I got that call. I discovered my mother wasn't well, and my whole world changed. What I did not expect to happen, what I did not expect to happen was the sense of loss. It creeped up on me really quickly. At one time, because 
we always talk about, oh, I'm not my job. I'm not this piece of paper. But a job gives you a sense of worthiness. And when I stepped off of the career track, and I actually was still working. I just took a a job that um, was somewhat in my field, but several steps lower. Uh, and didn't on, only worked it part time at that. Uh, thank goodness for um, savings because I actually did. When we talk about that's another thing I'd like to talk about in a bit too, because we there's studies the average American has less than a hundred dollars in savings, which is you know that's mind blowing. That most people are living paycheck to paycheck, and if something were to happen. It would be in a world of hurt for them to miss car payments and mortgages or whatever they have to do. And for and you add that to minorities, especially the black community, they said it's even worse. I mean, thirty three dollars in savings. And a lot of people have after the recession or depression or whatever it is we had, a lot of people dipped into their retirement funds, their 401ks. So now that they're on the back end of that and you're paying taxes on that, when they do retire, if you ever can retire, what are you going to live on? You have to, we talk about savings and financial stability, but we have to get real. In areas such as the uh, California's, Northern California's Bay Area, Barrels in Manhattan and even Brooklyn now, they I think they even talk about the Bronx is next. The DC, Maryland at Maryland, DC area. Um there's so many many major metropolitan areas. And increasingly in the South, a traditional place where wages were low and things were affordable at least. You got Charlotte, North Carolina that's becoming very pricey. It's a banking area. Uh Nashville is hot. Atlanta had its big boom in the 80s and 90s, but um, mostly the 90s up into 2000. And when you have these expensive areas and you have people that are, especially people who are in the age category, which we call the sandwich generation, which basically means you have children to take care of and they're usually teenagers, high schoolers, or college students, or maybe young 20s, and older parents. And so your kids, are they may be adult age, but they're still kind of out of pocket. And then you have your parents who are in need of care, and whether they have their own home and their insurances, their Medicare, their Medicaid, whatever it may be, you're still taking time trying to help them. So you're stretched and you're right there in the middle. And that is a financial burden. So when you talk about living a life of substance, you're really saying, um, how can I manage these things? At least that's what I'm thinking. I know for sure that... um, What makes life significant, doing something significant, differs for people. But I know that once I stepped off that rat race, 
and I became a caregiver, I suffered from a couple of things. One of the things I suffered from was loss of purpose. I was still working. I worked part-time. But I just felt like not productive, to be honest. That's, that's the truth. I didn't feel like a productive member of society, even though I knew what I was doing. And my heart was far greater than anything I would ever do in my life is to love my mother enough to give her the care she needed, to take care of her, to be there for her. And so, whereas before I was very active in activism and different charities and just being of service to the community, now being of service to this one loved one, and all of a sudden starting to feel guilty because I don't feel like I'm contributing to society. Again, that if you're not working full time and you don't have this big blingy job, are you really successful? I was um, kind of pulling away from friends and relatives because you're tired when you're caregiving. You're so tired and you... You don't feel like going out even though you want to. You want some adult conversation. You want to do a lot of things. But then you're tired and you don't feel like it. And a lot of people don't understand that. And if they don't pull, if you don't pull away from them, they'll end up pulling away from you. And so you start to think about so many things. Your life changes in ways you hadn't realize that it would you don't even see it happening and you start to reevaluate who are you and what is your purpose you said I have been successful I had that good job but what am I now what am I doing now and basically when we say take care of yourself we not only mean mentally I mean physically we mean mentally how are you feeling like you're contributing to anything. Now, everyone will say, well, hey, you're caregiving. Isn't that enough? And it is, but you can't lose your sense of self in it. Because I'm going to go a little deep here. And I'm going to talk about what it means in the black community to be a success and to overcome so many obstacles because the odds are always against you. If you do become successful, everyone says, oh yeah, that's nice. But if you don't, oh well, we expected that. Not too, You're not expected to do too much of anything. And that's because, I mean, let's face it, there are obstacles to be had. Living in the right neighborhood. Hey, blacks, there has always been segregation. There's always been redlining. Redlining means that you couldn't live in certain neighborhoods. And the value of houses in your neighborhood was never going to be the value of houses in non-communities of color. You have that going on for you. You have the financial burden of, especially if you're a black woman, you're the most educated, you have the most degrees, 
but you make the least amount of money when you stack up white males, black men, white women. There you are at the bottom with all your degrees. And I think there was even one study that said that um, black men with college degrees earn less than white males with associate's degrees and high school degrees and some. I mean, really? I mean, it's not surprising, but when you're dealing with limited income and limited options, just the average person, and your demographics really dictates a lot of what's available to you. Southern states are red. Then there's not as much help for caregiving and the money that's paid out. A lot of states now with Medicaid and things, the red states, the southern states, that is. You get nothing when you hear friends talk about the friends up north and what we call the Ross Bucket states. There's so much more available to them. And this is this is troubling. It's troubling because we find a disparity in the kind of care we give depending on where we live. And this really does affect people's mental state, the caregivers, that is, when trying to take care of someone. So how are you having a life of significance if if your life is really based on stress and just making it from one day to the other? You're really not worrying about doing something of service to the community. And so there's so many. I know I've hit on so many things here today. I have hit on many topics that probably should be just single shows. But it shows, what it shows is this revolving door we go through when we're just trying to manage. And especially if you're at that, I call it the the midnight hour of age groups when you're getting up around maybe 11.50 or so, knowing you only have a couple more years before you can retire. But you're nowhere near being able to really retire because you don't have those savings. And and those people who are lucky enough, and I've got lots of friends that work for the government, who are retired military, who are going to do very well in retirement. They're doing fine, but they're only a thin slice. When you know you have that government pension coming and your Social Security, you can then think about doing something in your life of significance and not worrying about just surviving. And that makes it easier to take care of whoever you're taking care of. Or to be taken care of. But you know what? Instead of um, constantly harping on what so many people do, you have financial advisors who um, harp on, oh, you should do this and you should do that. I just don't see being like that. I don't want anyone to be hard on people who are in the storm. After dealing with my mom's sickness, doctors and insurance for years, I'm at that point myself where I say, 
yes, I have some plans, but money is an issue that changes over the course of caregiving. Not to mention my health, because at one point it tanked. Some of us have to work or gave it up and are sole providers, you know. So we aren't always at our best when thinking about what we should have done or what we could do or how we're planning financially. I've given up the prime of my life to caring for my mother. And I don't want her in a home, but I know at some point I may have no choice. I also know that um, she would never want me to agonize about living my best life. I know that if I did go back to work, it would take me away from home. But I have two choices. Let my soul die or live the life she worked so hard for me to have. And I don't think for one minute that the decision hasn't torn me apart and broken my heart to think that I may have to um, at some point do that. But right now I'm okay financially. Thank goodness. That's only because as an entrepreneur, I have a, a way of doing something without like filling out an application and looking for a job. Now, the easiest way to get benefits is to get another job. But for those of us, like I said, in this storm, hey, all I know is this. When we decide, and it's really not, it is a big decision. When we decide to take on this journey, one of the best things that we can do for ourselves and for our loved ones is to be honest enough to know when to say, hey, look, I can't do this by myself anymore. Or I need help. And to get it, find it quickly. Because that's what really... Living a life that is pers- purposeful is about. You have to have a reason to get up in the morning, put both feet on the ground. If you're disgruntled and you walk into that room of the person you're caregiving for, and especially if they have some cognitive issues, they're not in their mind, who knows where they are. They're not really in this world thinking and feeling the way you are, they're in their own little world. They know you're there to wash them and clean them and feed them. And they may talk to you back and forth and have little conversations, but that's that's it. Beyond that, that's their little world. They don't know what you're going through. So for you to go in and get upset, that's nothing to them. So you can't harbor, you cannot harbor things. 
You have to find a way to work around it. And my suggestion, if I may suggest something, is to every, I would say every couple of months, maybe every month. Matter of fact, every month I check myself and I go back and forth on so many things. And if reevaluate what it is, where you're at, what it is you need to do, and financially, can you do this? I'm not a spreadsheet kind of person. I know what I know about what I need to do and how much I have to do it with, and I take it from there. And that's an old saying. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. I try to live it, but sometimes it doesn't work. Yes, you do worry. But um, generally, at this point in time, I would say to people, don't worry about get up making it happen. Worry about keeping yourself keeping your spirits up taking that moment of zen thinking about forget about thinking about the bills the bills will come the challenges will come everything is always going to be there always going to be there don't stress about that one day at a time pick maybe you want to do it weekly or monthly But pick just one time when you deal with that stuff. Then sit aside because nothing you do in stressing will change that. And that is the difference between being successful and being, I would say, I won't even say a failure, but faltering. When you are able to contain as much of the madness as you can that comes with this job, and it is a job, that's when you find that you are getting along and doing it. Now, significance, that would be up to each individual. I'm not sure... If significance is the word for me, purposeful, maybe. I find myself hitting in so many different directions now. The purpose that I thought I was here for, what I thought brought me joy, what I thought I could do to help people has certainly changed. I have a home industry now where I'm just wanting to share with people. And if by sharing with people, it helps someone, then I'm all right with that. Whether I think this, um, even this podcast is important. Maybe it helps someone, maybe not. You just don't know. What I do know is this. I have vowed to live this life the best way I can. With no regrets. I vowed that. I had to. In some ways learn to forgive myself. For not being able to do half the things I want to do. 
And that's a hard one. I think many of us will fall into this uh, place where we just wish we could do more. But you can only do what you can do. I know I say that a lot. So to any of you out there listening, I know the statistics are against you in so many levels, whether you're a person of color or not, whether you're just struggling because health care is a financial drain. You could go into it being okay, but throughout the process of it, it's like a money pit. It just drains and drains and drains. Now, there are donut holes in Medicare where you have to pay on and on and on. And it's impossible to get out of it. I want you to know one thing. And if you take this one thing, know that you can only control how you feel and what you do. Those bills will be there. Costs will be there. Heart headaches with these insurance companies will be there and if you become disillusioned disgruntled broken not only does it force you to have bad health does nothing for the person you're caregiving for so the one thing you need to do is keep yourself keep your spirits free of that anguish. I know it's a hard thing to do. I struggle with it myself. I put on my oldies music. I listen to something. I hum a tune. I do whatever I have to do. And that is where you find your purpose and your significance in. Those little moments when you say, I'm okay. I've done this. And this is what God had planned for me. Even though it's not what I had planned for me. It's what the road I had. And I'm going to roll down this road just as smooth as if I was riding in a straight off the assembly line from Detroit caddy. A old school caddy. You know the ones had that little lift, had that smooth ride. You're going to roll down this road, honey. And you're going to be successful at taking care of your loved one. You're going to be successful at... Dealing with all that comes along with it. And mostly, most of all, you're going to find some kind of great purpose and joy in doing things despite where you're at. There's an old saying, grow where you're planted. That's what you need to do. If you're in the dirt, be an evergreen that doesn't need that much to drink. If you're in soil that is soggy, be that cypress that can suck it up. Be what you have to be in the place that you are to continue to have some kind of reason to get up in the morning. And maybe it's not a great thing to say, hey, I'm up and I'm doing it to other people. But trust, that is a victory. And you have got the victory.